It's Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM 103.7. If you've got any questions for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216 216. And we've got Tom on the line from Cardiff, and he needs advice on how to plant different vegetables. Hey, Tom, how can we help you, mate? Mate, I live in an over-55s retirement village. Yes. Um, and, like, the gardeners come in, mow lawns, prune, fertilise and all that. So all the people there have decided to grow veggies, and uh, we don't know a great deal about it. And we don't know when to put our seeds in, to have tomatoes up for spring and all that sort of stuff. And we just want a bit of advice on, yeah, what to do with veggies. Mate, I, I, can, I can guarantee right about now with the cold snap that we've just had, it's not the time to put in your tomato seeds. No, I realise that, yeah. <laughs> Actually, mate, I was, I was driving, uh, driving to the station on, on my way out here today and I, I noticed all of a sudden all the deciduous trees have decided to give up the ghost. They're dropping their leaves quick smart. So this last couple of days, I reckon, it's just done it to them. Yep. Yep. Okay, so but you want to plant some winter veggies probably at the moment. Uh, mate, look, you can plant lettuce if you want to at the moment. Yeah. Uh, lettuce will actually grow all year round and a really good uh, sort of staple plant to have, you know, in your, in your vegetable garden. The other thing you can uh, do at the moment are your broccoli, the uh, cabbages, the cauliflowers. All of those can be planted now uh, and they're all cool climate plants. So they're the ones that you'll be, uh, be harvesting in about six to eight weeks time if you stick them in now. And uh, what else can you do at the moment? Uh, you can always do uh, silver beet or, or spinach. That's a, an all-year-round plant as well. Now, when, um, yes, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, no, that's all right. On. You you ask the questions, mate. That's what um, we're here for. What I was thinking, how about once a month? Uh, could you tell us what sort of stuff could go in, and um, so we know how to how how to do it? You know, because we don't really know a lot about it. <laughs> No, absolutely, mate. We would be very, very happy, Greg and I, to pipe up once a month and uh, just give some, yeah, some vegetable, you know, what vegetables to plant at the moment, what to do with yeah. them at the moment. That would actually be yeah. a good recurring theme for us. Well, yeah, because yeah. I, I actually listen to your show every week yeah. and it's all about flowers and trees and roses and we don't have anything to do with that sort of stuff, you know, so we're just mucking around with veggies. No, I actually thought you were trying to say that we're a bit all over the shop and we don't have a, reg a regular segment of... <laughs> No, mate, we, we can certainly do that. I'm sure Greg will diarise that. Uh, he's got his pen and paper out right now. Writing it down as we speak. So for the first Monday in every month, we'll do something about veggies. Ve veggie watch or something. Yeah, veggie watch. Yeah. That's mate, what we'll do. you're a good man. Okay. You're and, a good and, man. Tom, and you, Thanks, you, you have given us the idea of veggie watch. <laughs> mate, I've, I might get um, chucked out of the house every day <laughs> to go and play in the veggie garden because me wife doesn't like me and uh, <laughs> so I have to go and play in the garden. Mate, I reckon we might even get a little theme song, an introduction made up or something like that and it'll be Veggie Watch, thanks to Tom. Yeah. Okay, buddy. <laughs> okay. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers, thanks, Tom. What a great idea. What a, and I think you're the man to make that little uh, introduction little up for jingle, us. jingle, Tom's Veggie Watch. Tim, Tom's Veggie Watch, yep. Brought to you by Scott Sharp. Yep. <laughs> we can even sing the theme song if you'd like. Maybe. We won't do that now, though. No, we'll, no. We'll wait. We'll, we'll write it in the next break and we'll sing it for you after that. Speaking of veggies and herbs and stuff. Yes. Last week I asked you how to advice on growing garlic. Yes. I actually looked it up. Yes. And I got really excited. I planted it all. Yes. I've got to wait like a year. Before I can start harvesting. Well, it it is sort of a slow little, you know, bulby sort of vegetable down mm. there. Yeah, that's very 
bit disappointing. Yeah, but look, once it's there, it'll taste really nice. It won't be imported from somewhere overseas yeah. in, a, in a container that could be off the coast of Port Stephens at the moment. <laughs> we could have a garlic shortage because <laughs> of that. Who knows? <laughs> would, would garlic grow well in the ocean in a container? Uh, no, not if it's about uh, 60 metres under the water, mate. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pl- plenty of water, but uh, you know, not much sunlight down there. We've got Brian from Madawi, and he needs some advice about get ri- getting rid of autumn leaves. Brian, how can we help you? You must have a few leaves up there, mate. Uh, yeah, we live on Naked here. There's a long driveway, and there's half a dozen liquid ambers down the driveway. So I've got a mountain of leaves, which I normally just um, mulch and, and throw in the garden bed. I've got I grow my own vegetables. I've got raised beds, and I've got a couple with um, with no soil in them at all. What I had in mind was to just fill the beds up with the um, the uh, autumn leaves, cover them with um, garden lime, and then couple then a, then a, quite a bit of horse poo over the top of that, and soil on top. Now, would that be the way to go? Yeah, look, I reckon that'll work for you. The only thing I'd suggest, though, is that they're going to be fairly high in nitrogen, uh, you know, having all those leaves in there. So then sticking some ca- uh, the uh, horse manure in there as well, uh, it's probably going to make it, you know, fairly potent brew. Uh, I'd just be probably going with the leaves, uh, the lime, and then just the garden soil, and then, you know, getting out there in a while, you know, once it's all started to break down and just till it around and try and, you know, get that uh, organic matter, you know, all broken up. Garden lime would that be the trick? Yeah, no, that'll be fine. That'll be fine to uh, break it down. You might look the other. I'd probably put some uh, uh, some cow manure in there because uh, you know not much nitrogen in cow manure. So if you've got a few bags oh, of that, okay. yeah, yeah, sprinkle yeah. that in there as well, rather than the horse manure, which is probably a bit green itself anyway. Yes, yep, absolutely, very fresh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Um, all right. Well, that, that was a question. I, I thought that might be the case, but I just thought I'd get confirmation of, of, of to, to go about it that way. That's right. Now, look, we, when we saw it, uh, we heard uh, what you were going to ask about. We thought we were going to have to give you uh, lessons in how to use a rake. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, pick it up on that, you know, by the, the skinny end and <laughs> walk outside. <laughs> no, no, we, we, we've got this job every year. We're quite adept at it now. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thanks for your help, Scott. Okay, good on you. Thank you. Okay, bye. Cheers, Brian. Bye-bye. Cheers, thanks, Brian. We've got Millie now from Edgeworth, and she's asked a question about growing vegetables as well. Oh, Veggie yes, Watch is so. gaining traction. How can we help you, Millie? Good morning. Um, I was wondering if I would need to add anything else to, like, river sand and cement um, sand. I've got a little patch of dirt, and it's really sandy. But I, want, I have grown lettuce in there before and pumpkins and stuff. Yep. However, um, they never seem to last very long. <laughs> yeah, and I reckon it's going to be because of the nature of that soil that you just described to us. It makes the water through too quick, does it? Yeah, that's absolutely what it's doing. So what yeah. I would be doing is getting some manures. Uh, mm-hmm. look, for uh, winter, you start... For winter, you use poultry manure. For summer, growing Uh vegetables, you use cow manure. And the other thing I'd probably get is some some mushroom compost and Uh uh, get all that in there and just start to till it around and start to build up that organic matter uh, in the soil. Yep. Now, the other, thing, the other yeah. thing you can do, Millie, is you can get some sugarcane mulch as well and use that over the top. And when it starts to break down after a few months, again, you till that back through the soil. And what you're actually doing is giving that sandy soil that you've got there, you know, some body and some oomph, um, yeah. Some, yeah, some fertilizer in there. 
the ability to actually, uh, you know, well, ab water, yeah, and absorb and some moisture. Yeah. So I'd be doing that. So I'd go winter winter vegetables, your uh, poultry manure, summer vegetables, your cow manure, some mushroom okay. compost, and some sugarcane mulch as well. Perfect. Okay, Alwyn from Medowie, you have a question about cauliflowers. Good afternoon. How can we help you? Um, yeah, Scott, um, I've got a patch of. Uh, cauliflowers and broccoli in in the garden. Yeah, the broccoli is three four hundred mil high, and they're starting to head, mm -hmm. starting to get the head in them. I've got cauliflowers behind them, and they're half a meter high, and still running, still going. Oh, okay. And no sign of a head on them or anything. Uh, right. Okay. Now I'm wondering if. You know, those plants do like, uh, you know, sort of nitrogen rich soil, but I wonder if it's soil, but I wonder if yours is actually a little bit too uh, nitrogen rich in this case. Oh. It doesn't sound it though, because you, your broccoli is doing the right thing. Yeah. Uh, look, that, that's a difficult one, you know, when you've got two plants side by side, you know, that require, you know, similar conditions, but one's doing the wrong thing and, and one's doing the right thing. Um, look, all I can, you know, give the cauliflower a, a good. Could clip across the ears or something like that. I don't know if that's going to work. I don't think second, it was maybe. I don't think we're, I think we're allowed to do that anymore, aren't we? <laughs> Just cut them off. Well, look, that, what, what, would that help? Like if I cut them, cut them back to half or something? And look, I, I probably wouldn't do it with all of them, but certainly, you know, maybe do half of them and see if that works for you. I've never really heard of um, you know cauliflowers sort of bolting like that before, and, and people prune them, but. Look, you might, you might as well give it a go because if they're going like that and they haven't, you know, effectively flowered for you, yeah, that might be the, to, yeah, that might be the only way that you're going to get them to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I did make the beds pretty good. I, I put good compost, my own good compost in it, and um, I think I put a, half a bag of cow manure in that one too. Yeah, look, that, which that, I usually find as good. Yeah, and that that shouldn't hurt at all. Uh, usually, when a plant's bolting like that and uh, not going to, you know, effectively going to seed or flower, then there's not enough nitrogen in the soil. Uh, um, look, the only other thing you could do is start using uh, potash, you know, sulfate of potash to promote fruiting and flowering in that area. Uh -huh. uh, but look, it sounds like it's a little bit too late for that, those cauliflower in particular. Give them a prune back, see what happens. Give us give us a call back if it um, if it works for you in a yeah, few weeks' will, time. Yeah. yeah, we'd like to hear. <laughs> We're always uh, looking for uh, alternative um, remedies and methods here in Gardening <laughs> that's, Talk that's Back. A good, that's a good idea that you've come up with with that um, gardening thing, that veggie garden yeah. thing. There's not many programs that give a... a, a what you can plant. Well, we, 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 we're calling it Veggie Watch, so we need to call it that straight away so we get in people's minds. Tom's Veggie mm. Watch. Tom's Veggie Watch, in, in fact. Tom's going to be... Uh... <laughs> a lot of people plant their winter vegetables far too late, for, as far as I'm concerned. I had an old man tell me once, he was a good gardener, and he told me, if you want onions and carrots and beetroot, all your root vegetables, not to go to seed... He said, "You put your seed in on Christmas Day and transplant them out on Good Friday." Wow, that's that, that's pretty early. Uh, look, and I guess the problem here in Newcastle is we sort of, uh, you know, we run that uh, risk of the humidity lasting, you know, all the way into March here, and that really, you know, the, uh, when you're doing like cauliflower and and broccoli mm. and things, they, you know, as yes, you know, they don't like the humidity too much. So you're sort of running that gamut of trying to, you know, thread the needle and get your uh, winter vegetables here in Newcastle. 
just at the right time. And, and look, it, it can be, you know, the matter of a couple of weeks and we get, you know, weather one way or the other uh, and, and yeah. it can wreck up your crop completely for you. Yeah, well, this bloke did live in Armadale up the New England, so it probably what it was. Yeah, well, that's that's a whole other world up there. I mean, you look, you know, as you know, you go up to, uh, you know, up and up to Cessnock, or you know, certainly go across the range, and uh, it's completely different to uh, how you grow your uh, plants here in Newcastle. Yeah, I still put all my beetroot and carrots in. They're all ready to start pulling now. I'm starting to sort carrots and beetroot out. Okay, yeah, no, that that's great. Okay, mate, and, and uh, Tom's Veggie Watch will uh, get it up and running in a month's time. First Monday oh. of every month. Good on you, Scott. Okay, okay. thanks, Alwyn. Okay, bye. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. I think we should be thanking Tom, not me. It's Exactly. But I feel as though you're taking credit for it as well and knowing I have to do that now. Well, diarise it. That's, that's not too hard. It's only 12 entries into your diary, mate. True. Yeah. Probably less than 12 in a way. Well, it probably would be because, yeah, long weekends and all that sort of stuff. We'll just have to push aside some of the, uh, you know, hot dates that you've probably got entered in there. Exactly, yeah. Monday at 12 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you RF fam. We've got Danny now from Macquarie Hills and he's got a question about eggplants. Hello, Danny. How can we help you with them? Yeah, good stuff. Just know I've, I've planted eggplants and they grow like anything. Bushes are really healthy, plenty of fruit. But when you cut the fruit, there's like a brown fleck through the middle of it. Any idea? Uh, I, I haven't got too much of an idea about that. The only thing I could think of is some sort of fungal disease it's picking up from, you know, the time it's actually at the blossom. But often that, you know, those blossom end rots, uh, you know, manifest themselves as actually, you know, coming and rotting right down through the fruit. Uh, the only thing I could suggest, you know, next time you're growing them is to get a fungicide at the time of flowering and just give it a spray around then just to try and, you know, uh, keep any uh, fungal diseases that might be around at that time and will travel into the fruit under control. Uh, they're still flowering now, even though they've got some heaps of fruit on it. So yeah, mate, well, yeah, we'll, yeah, go grab a fungicide, get uh, some copper spray or some Mancozeb Plus and uh, give it a spray there and see if that, uh, that uh, solves the problem for you. Okay, thanks for that, Danny. Okay. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Thanks. We've got Antoinette now from Maitland, and she wants to know if it's still possible to purchase Sims carnation plants. Yes, good morning. How are you? Yeah, we're very well. How can we help you? About the Sims carnations, are they still available to buy? Not just like the Dianthus carnations, but the real big old-style carnations that you can get also from florists in, in an arrangement of flowers. Yeah, look, now, I, I think the thing for you to, to try is the Diggers Club. It's down in Victoria. It's a mail-order type, uh, you know, a nursery. Oh, yeah. But they have really weird and wonderful plants. I mean, what we consider weird and wonderful now, but, you know, mm. back in the old days, they were quite normal. And yeah. they've kept a lot of that seed uh, from those plants and, and still grow them. So those annuals that you're talking about, like the carnations, mm. If you're going to get them, I reckon the Diggers Club uh, down in Victoria is going to be probably the only place that you would get them at the moment. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, that's lovely. I just wanted to uh, find out if they were available anywhere. Thank you very much okay. for your help, and I appreciate your show. Thank you very much. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye now. And we've got Jennifer from Mayfield. And, Scott, she's got a question about a couple of shrubs. Hey, Jennifer. How can we help you? Hello. Um, one is called a lemon scent of a vena. It's a bush. Uh, been in the ground for many, many years. It, um, it's it's a deciduous. It's lost its uh, just lost that leaf, but it's dying back. It's been dying back for some time. Um, 
I want to know about that one, plus another one says a blue butterfly bush. I don't know whether you know about that. Yeah, yeah. Which butterfly? Are you talking about the gaura? That's what we usually call butterfly bush. Well, well I don't know it's a gaura. I, I had, I sort of got it from a small, small, uh, and been growing from just little seedlings for many years. I don't yeah. know exactly. Just yeah. has a little blue butterfly it looks like a butterfly flower. Okay, uh, so that uh, butterfly bush uh, you're talking about, I, I think it sounds like the gaura. Um, it, it's uh, just like a little low-growing plant with lots of little, um, you know, white, yeah. white or pink flowers that come up out the top of it. No, they're blue, blue flowers, like a blue butterfly. It grows. It, it's never grown any further than about six feet. Oh. Uh, some flowering, some flower at the moment, some blue flowers. But one of the, the ones growing better is in full sun, and the other one's kind of in half sun. It, it looks looks a bit ratty. I'm generally wonder when to to um, prune them. Okay, and do you give, so you um, give them a prune? What do you fertilise them with? A um, bit of um, dynamic lifter or something, or, okay. or um, throw that in there sometimes, and also some um, blood and bone. That's about it. Okay, look, I think the one you're talking about, rather than it being the, the gaura, it's one called, uh, it's a type of clerodendron, in fact. It's, I think it's from Uganda, um, because it's the botanical name is Ugandanese, uh, and it gets to about two metres tall. And you can, you can actually prune those if you want to, and you'll get a sort of a much nicer plant out of them if you give them a, a trim back every now and again. And uh, that particular clerodendron does have a blue flower on it, like a, almost like a jacaranda blue flower. And it uh, it looks exactly like a little butterfly sitting up there. Well, it is. It's very. It's a small, like a small butterfly with mm-hmm. it has the two little um, um, tendrils at the front of it yeah. sticking out. It, you'd swear they were butterflies. And, and, and yeah, and you sort of get multiple <laughs> butterflies on the on the flower head. Definitely blue. They're yes. blue. They're not mauve or any other colour. They're blue. Yep. So that one that you're looking at there is called Clerodendron ugandanese. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are they available around anywhere? Yes, they are available. Uh, look, you probably have to, you know, go to an independent garden centre. Probably not as popular as they used to be, but uh, look, you know, at once or twice a year you'll see them around. Uh, but yeah, look, not as not as popular as they used to be. Uh, look, I'm thinking like ten years or so ago. And the, the bees love them when they're in bloom. But however, uh, so what when it's finished, uh, the few flowers. Yeah. How far do you think I should cut? Oh, look, I'd, I'd take about a third of that off. And, and, you know, if you're going to give it a prune back and take a third of it off, you could yeah. actually use some of those for cuttings because this particular plant will grow I'd very go, nicely from cuttings. I think I did get them from little seedlings. That yeah. fall on little, I think, I'm not sure. Okay. okay. Uh, the other is the lemon-scented verbena, if yeah. you wouldn't mind. Yes. It's going very um, woody and not much. It's been in, as I said, been in a long time, about 40 years. Yeah, and okay. They, Sorry, you can just breaking up can there a little bit. Can you repeat that for us? I'm sorry, the lemon scented verbena. Can you still? Are they still available? Yeah, yes, absolutely. You can still get those. And the other thing you could do with yours is give it a little prune back as well, just to try. Oh, and... Yeah, I always do, but it, it seems, seems to be dying every time it's pruned. Once oh, a year okay, it's yeah. Done. Look, it's ag- getting less and less. It used to be quite thick and lush, but it's getting less and less. Yeah. So look again. Uh, independent garden centres should be able to help you help you out with those lemon verbenas as well. Mm. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank Bye. you very much for that. Bye bye now.
Thanks, we've got Kathleen now from Tyres Hill, and she needs advice about transplanting lavender, lemon trees and curry trees. Kathleen, that sounds like a triumvirate of plants you want to move around there. How can we help you? Hello. Yeah, we just have to move a garden, and there are a lot of established plants in it. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, do you have any advice about transplanting the above-mentioned plants? The curry tree is a tree, like it's probably uh, 1.5 metres high now, yep. but the, the lavender and the lemon, got any advice? Yeah, look, you're not going to have much luck with the, the lavender. They, well, we might no. as well, well, let's lay our cards out on the table here straight away. You're not going to have much luck with the lavender. It'll, it'll probably die. Uh, okay. But look, give it a try if you want to, but it'll be a touchy thing and, and you're not going to have much, uh, much go at it. The lemon tree, yes, you can certainly move them. Probably a good time of year to do it as well. Uh, give it okay. a, yeah, give it a prune back. Give it a, about a third of the plant off just to try and uh, mm -hmm. You know, get rid of uh, you know any leaves that it has to try and sustain because when you dig it out, you're going to be damaging the root system no matter which way you go. Uh, yep. you, you are going to damage that. So you have to try and reduce the load on the plant. Uh, of course, when you dig it out, try and dig out as you know much soil as you can possibly take with you. Uh, don't drag the plant out of the ground. If there's a root you can't actually uh, you know get through, get some secateurs or a, a pruning saw and actually cut through that root rather than drag it from the ground because you do far mm -hmm. more damage that way. And then mm -hmm. when you get it back into uh, the new spot you're going to put it, uh, it's just water, water, water then. Uh, probably have to stake the plant as well. Uh, just to try and keep it uh, you know, from moving around because its root system will be compromised. But again, water, water, water. Don't worry about fertilising because that'll just overload the plant uh, mm -hmm. and just uh, try and uh, keep it alive. Good time to do it now. Same thing with your curry tree. Okay, yeah. so we will be able to move the curry. Oh, yeah, well, look, one and a half metres. It's not, you know, it's not too tall. Um, it's probably a little bit shorter than Greg and I. But so, um, and we're not, Just. and we're not towering fellows. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think you'll be right uh, moving the curry tree. Give it a prune back as well, and uh, see how you go. Okay, with the curry, thank you very much that's for that right. advice. With the curry tree, can you plant the seeds of it? Oh, absolutely. That, that's the way you propagate them in the best way. Uh, so, yeah, just plant those little seedlings you get uh, falling down around the tree and you should get little ones that you can give away to your friends. Yeah, sweet. Thank you very much. Have a okay. great day. You too, Kathleen. Thanks for the call. I always like the curry tree too. Yes, it's a, it's beautiful when you just rub through it. You get that really nice sort of pungent fragrance coming from it. Oh, that's aroma. Aroma, yes. Yeah, very nice. Mm. Yes. And then we've got John from Anna Bay on the line, and he wants to know how he can get rid of tiny white insects all over his tomatoes. Hey, John, you've got uh, tomatoes still growing, mate. Yes, yeah, Scott. I, uh, I put in about uh, eight lots of tomatoes, and I've still got about three of them that are that have still got uh, tomatoes on them. But I've still got the same problem as I did when I when they first started to grow. I've got these little white flies. Mm. They're... Um, um, well, they say on all the, all the the stuff to get rid of them that they, you know, they're white fly. But yeah. I, I, I've tried everything. I, I've tried pyrethrin. I've tried confidor. Uh, I've even tried rogor to try and get rid of them. And uh, mate, they are just everywhere. Yeah. Every time you shake the, the tomato tree, they're just everywhere. Yeah. And I was just wondering whether it's because of the. the chook manure I put in the ground or something like that? No, no, look, it's not to do with the chook manure. It, look, it is called white fly. You sort of hit the nail on the head there. Uh, and look, they are very, very difficult to get rid of. Uh, pyrethrum won't do it. Confidor probably won't do it. Uh, look, it, it again, they are very difficult. Uh, the only other thing I could suggest you use, uh, try some malathon. 
uh, see if you have a go with that um, and just spray it around. But of course, they just disperse as soon as you sort of go near them and start spraying. And they, they breed well like white flies, I guess is the best way to, to describe <laughs> yeah, them. Right, yeah. So look, that that's the only way I could uh, suggest to do that. Get some well, malathion. Well, this is the first year I've ever had them like that. I've never ever had them before. And I, and that's why I thought, well, maybe they might have been coming out of the chook manure or, or some sort of fertiliser or something that I've put in. No, no, no. Look, they've, they've been around. They've been around for a long, long time. It's a, it's a wonder you haven't had them before. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, that's the only thing I can do is uh, try and, you know, suggest that you use some malathon. Make sure the bees aren't around, of course, when you're doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because it is a contact spray and, and just see how you go with the malathon. Yeah, I've even tried Rogor, and the Rogor doesn't seem to affect the Yeah, and look, it, it probably won't. Uh, they are just one of those little pests, um, you know, that are, that are very, very difficult to uh, to uh, to get rid of. Mate, why don't you go down to the beach, uh, open up a container of a shipping container that's probably washed up. You might you might find some weird and wonderful insecticide that's just floating around there, and, and see how you go. Actually, Greg, Greg and I were just saying you won't even have to. We're going up into uh, competition with Port Botany now. You don't even have to unload the ships at Port Stephens. You just push the containers off, and all's well. Uh, I've just got to go and buy a um, battery-operated angle grinder so that I can open the containers up. <laughs> Whatever you find in there's all yours. <laughs> well, that's not what they say anyway. <laughs> Uh, the other thing, mate, is I was, I was just listening to you about your winter garden. Is it is it too late now to put, say, cabbages in or, or you know? No, no. Look, I, I, you can still put them in now. Uh, the, our, our friend was just talking about, uh, you know, uh, it, I think his mate was actually up in Armidale when he was talking about that. But certainly you can put those winter vegetables in now. The humidity is the big killer for cabbages and cauliflowers and those sort of plants. So once that humidity has gone, uh, you'll have, you know, pretty good success with them here in Newcastle. Yeah, well, everything's pretty wet at the moment. It wouldn't be any good putting them in now anyway. Well, you'd be surprised. Yeah. It, it's, that, it's, it's not humid, but it's wet and they'll, they'll handle that. But, um, yeah, as soon as we get that humidity, that's when they'll keel over on you. All right, Scott, appreciate your help. Okay. Good luck Thanks, in your mate. beach combing, John. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> bye, bye. bye. Cheers. Thank you, John. Time for one more caller, and we've got David from Carter South. He needs advice about pruning a bottle brush. Bottle, bottle, bottle brush. <laughs> David, how can we help you with it, mate? Yes, uh, good afternoon. How are we today? Yeah, pretty well, yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, just uh, got an inquiry um, how I could, if I can prune uh, this uh, bottle brush I've got. Uh, it's pretty woody and at the moment I'm just wondering how hard if I can possibly prune it back or not. Yeah, look, the great thing about bottle brush and the short answer is you can go almost as hard as you want on the bugger and it, it yep. will come back. Uh, look, you've seen them almost pruned down to the ground and they'll still oh, reshoot. I have actually, yeah. yep. Look, I guess the trouble doing that is you're not going to get, you know, perhaps a, a really good shape uh, coming back out of that plant. But uh, certainly, yeah, go for it. Uh, you, use your loppers, use your chainsaw if you want to. Chainsaw, yep. It'll probably uh, it'll, it'll sniff at the chainsaw when it hears it's starting up. It'll it'll thank you for it. But they are a plant that, that prunes back very well. I mean, unlike most natives, which, you, you know, you really can't touch or go near with a pair of secateurs, uh, you know, if, even if you had a shave near most native plants, they'll say no thanks. But uh, with the bottle brush, for some reason, they really will handle being pruned back quite hard. Oh, yep. Oh, 
so I might, that's a good job for me on the weekend then. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, and look, not a bad. It's not spiky. They're you know a nice easy plant to prune, and uh, yep. you won't you won't get too much growth coming out of it if you do it at this time of year. If you wanted to, uh, you know, wait till August when we get back to those uh, you know warmer months, that's when you might be best to prune it because you'll get the growth back in coming. August, yeah, yep. yeah, you know, within two to three weeks you'll get some growth coming on. At the moment, it's uh, you know going to be pretty slow for you. Oh, and one, just one other quick question. Uh, I'd Gardenias. love to, but we're going to have to cut you off. Can you call, oh. call us back next week? Yeah, we'll love to talk to we're you next of, week. We're out of time. <laughs> no worries. All right. Cheers, no mate. Problem. We'll talk to you next Thank week. You. Cheers. Right. Thanks for that, David. Sorry. It's disappointing when you have to oh, cut people off. I know, but we rarely have to do it like that. Exactly. Yes. That's a, I think it's the first we've done that. Almost guillotine-like that was. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut you off as net world now because we have to go. Oh, I feel like Mary Antoinette. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Sharp, thank you very much. I'll see you oh, next week. Gone. He's gone. Scott Sharp on 2NUR and FM Guarding Talkback.